Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. I'm joined on the phone by um, Kevin Hull, who is the CEO of Emergent Waste Solutions. Um, Emergent Waste Solutions has um, a proposal that's coming before Revelstoke City Council next week. Uh, what they're asking for is a letter of support in principle for a biomass um, a facility. So I'm here to talk with Kevin about uh, what, what that is. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Aaron. I'm delighted to be with you today. All right. So Emergent Waste Solutions um, and your advanced pyrolysis system uh, technology plant, what is it? Essentially, this is a plant that takes uh, waste material, which is carbon-based, so anything except concrete, glass, and metal, and brings it up to a high temperature in the absence of oxygen. No oxygen, no combustion no incineration but the high temperature acts on that material to break it down at the molecular bond and produce the materials that constituted that waste which is invariably a gas so we get a synthetic gas an oil product and a carbon a solid carbon product mm -hmm. and uh, as much as 25 percent or even 40 percent of the waste material stays in a carbon form Okay, so so why Revelstoke in this application package that will link to the story? You know, you get an idea of the scale of the plant. It's got you know pipes and tubes, and uh, it looks like something that might break down uh, um, municipal waste or agricultural waste. But why why do you why are you interested in doing this here? Revelstoke is interesting because it has a thriving forest industry. And all the forest industries in Canada, of course, are producing a lot of waste wood fiber, which historically has been burned or buried uh, or made into pellets, which is a very high investment, low margin enterprise. Revelstoke is unique because, yes, it has that waste wood, but it is far enough away from any markets that getting the waste wood um, into a usable form uh, into is it's not very economical, frankly, but we can actually bring the processing right to Revelstoke so shipping doesn't become an issue. So I assume, um, you know, you're talking about, uh, for example, at Downey Timber, the, the giant uh, wood chips there. Is that all it would be uh, would be processing? Is, is there other, other materials like uh, municipal waste, uh, that, that kind of stuff? Well, interestingly enough, uh, Downey Timber may not even be our source for wood fiber. Mm -hmm. There are other sources of wood fiber there in Revelstoke, and to this point, our discussions with Downey have not resulted in any sort of agreement. So uh, I should just mention that the wood fiber we process may not be from that, uh, that pile, uh, Mount Downey, as I've heard somebody locally call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, we can indeed process other material as well we are feedstock agnostic we don't care what it is as long as it's carbon based and it's homogenous so we could introduce municipal solid waste yes we could introduce all the green clippings and uh, yard waste from the community and kitchen waste uh, we could introduce quite a variety it would have to go into a, a blender essentially that mixes it all together and gives us a fairly consistent feed because we need to tune our temperature and duration to crack that molecular structure and get us our products. 
how big would the plant be and where are you hoping to locate it? And, and, and I guess another part of that question is, is how big of a, uh, an investment is it uh, cr- creating this plant? Sure. Well, the plant itself, if you imagine a, a transport truck on a highway, highway transport truck, the, both the truck and the trailer unit together would be about the size of our plant, at least the plant that we're looking at for Revelstoke. We, we have several sizes of plants. Uh, that plus a control room, plus some storage, etc., and basically uh, a double truck bay. Uh, I grew up in small town BC in logging country as well, so uh, I know that the people you're getting this message out to know what a double truck bay is for, a, for say, a logging truck. Uh, that's all the size we need. Um, and in terms of investment, uh, the valuation on this project would be about a $6.1 million valuation. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say valuation is because uh, um, investment dollars come in. Uh, we respond with investment uh, to match that. And our business model has us as a half owner of whatever project is going forward. And then investors would make up the other half ownership. Um, do you know where you would locate it? Is, is this a portable unit or, or a stay in place? It's a transportable unit, but it really shouldn't be moved around much. Um, so we would be looking for a stationary location. We've looked at a couple while we're there, and nothing has been selected as yet. Uh, and I should mention to you that you know this technology is not generating any pollution. There's no smoke going out of a stack. We're not polluting the water. Uh, it is a clean technology, and we don't have trucks moving constantly back and forth to the plant. And the decibel level on this plant is about 80 decibels, which is uh, less than you're going to have if you're in a crowded pub watching a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, the tell me about the products that it makes. It, it makes sort of like a charcoal as well as a bio oil. Um, the, the, there's a in the in the uh, explainer that you have here. There's a few different products coming out of it. Um, maybe tell me a little bit more about them and what what they're used for. Syn syngas is another one. Yeah, well, we have a very efficient system. That's one of the things that that mark us as different uh, than other pyrolysis that's happened. And I should mention that pyrolysis has been around for two thousand years. The Mayan Indians in the Amazon basin were the first historically to use uh, pyrolysis. And it was a crude pyrolysis. They'd dig a deep pit. They'd fill it with their, their feedstock, wood waste. And then when the fire was going good and hot, they would smother it. They'd cover it up. Well, the heat would continue to break down the product in the absence of oxygen, and they would get a biochar. They call it terra preta. And that would, they would till into the soil, and it's an amazing soil additive. We call it biochar. And as a soil additive, it retains moisture, so it's very good in drought conditions. It hosts uh, the microbial colonies that exist in the root system of plants and break down the rocks and minerals to provide nutrients for the plants. And it also absorbs nutrients and minerals from around uh, the soil. And tests have shown that uh, there are remarkable benefits to, to plants from that. Additionally, biochar can be used in animal feed. And tests have shown that it is uh, extremely useful for the animals. Uh, one of the tests that was run in Europe found a hog farm went six months without a single vet bill 
after they introduced 1% biochar to the animal feed. Mm-hmm. So biochar, very valuable product. Um, there's a biochar revolution underway in the agriculture industries around the world. Uh, we also get the bio oil, which is, uh, given our technology, it has extremely low moisture. It is a viscous oil. It's uh, thicker than, uh, say, a crude oil, a little bit thicker. Uh, it can be blended with diesel, um, or we can further process it and create a more valuable product. But the bio oil is not our focus. Our focus is the carbon. The oil is a byproduct, and we have offtake uh, agreements in place for people to take that bio oil. Mm-hmm. The third product being the syngas, uh, that we use internally in our plant. Mm-hmm. Once we get our plant up and running, we generate our own fuel for the plant. And in, as such, that efficiency is part of our economics. Pyrolysis in the past has had trouble in that the cost of generating that heat for the pyrolysis process outweighed the benefits coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And we've turned that on its ear, and we're, in fact, very profitable with that. Well, I mean, that's a good segue into the next question. I mean, when you're talking about alternative energy systems, uh, be it um, – solar energy for your house or different ways to generate electricity usually the the make or break is the economics of it why do you why are you able to um push forward with this project now uh where uh, where people where you can do it now as opposed to uh in the past what what makes this economically viable that's an excellent question uh and that is a distinguishing feature for us and i should mention as well that uh, we're not doing a pilot project when we talk about what we're doing in Revelstoke. Uh, we have nine years of commercial application of our pyrolysis technology. And in that nine years, we've done nothing but improve on it. And we're now in our third generation. So that's just to start in answer to your question. Uh, the other thing is to say that the carbon product we produce has a high value. The biochar retail uh, is in excess of $8,000 a ton. So it is way more profitable. It does not get affected by the price of oil. So for example, I'm in Alberta. We've uh, been out here. We visited an ethanol plant. They're hurting right now because of the price of oil. We would be completely unaffected in our carbon products by the price of oil. So we're much more economical uh, in that sense. How many people work at the plant once it's completed if, if this goes forward? It's approximately 15 people, and by approximate, it depends on feedstock and handling, etc. But 15 people, uh, we work uh, right around the clock. Once a pyrolysis plant has uh, achieved its temperature, you don't want to be stopping it. Um, so we run about 330 days of the year, right around the clock, seven days a week, and we'd employ 15 people. These are well-paying jobs. All right. And these are not um, minimum wage jobs. Uh, the people employed at this plant will be able to contribute actively to the economy of the town. And so the spinoffs are quite excellent as well. What do you need to make it work here in Revelstoke? What are some, some key components of uh, making this viable? Um, one of the components we were after uh, was financing, of course. We needed an investment partner. Um, somebody has stepped forward and uh, expressed verbally 
a commitment to to do that. Um, we also require the support of the community, and that is what we're looking for from town council. We requested that they give us a letter of support so we could bring that to the investors and say, look, we're not going to be um, experiencing roadblocks from the municipality. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have things thrown up that, that prevent us from completing the project and from uh, operating the plant going forward. So that's another element. The third element, biochar is an emerging product and it's very new to Canada. So one of the things that we need to do is we need to, and this is on our end, not the community end, we need to, I guess, uh, lock in buyers for our biochar. We know the value of it. We know that there are 55 uses for biochar, everything from construction to face creams uh, to agriculture. Uh, For example, there's a lot in the news right now about microbeads being used in cosmetics and face scrubs, the plastic microbeads that are so harmful to the environment. Biochar can replace those microbeads, and it's completely benign. So we know there's a lot of uses, but the other element is we've got to define those markets and lock in buyers and that's something we're very actively working on now we did visit one of the largest feedlots for cattle in canada while out here in alberta just this week and they are extremely interested in uh, doing a trial run with biochar in the animal feed okay um Kevin, um, I'll post up the, you know, some links to your website and uh, some more information in a story attached to this uh, audio interview. But for somebody who's interested in finding out a little bit more and, and maybe kicking the tires and doing a little bit more research, uh, what, what would you recommend they do to, to learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing? Well, I, I do want to put a plug in for the company right now in that we are uh, in a pre-IPO fundraising right now. Uh, we're going to be trading publicly. Target is September, and right now we are raising money ahead of the initial public offering, so somebody can be involved in investing directly into emergent waste solutions if they so wish to. Uh, I as well have a corporate video, and I will send you the link to the corporate video so you can put that up, because there's a nice explanation uh, in the corporate video, and there's a, a graphical representation of how this plant operates what would it look like and i think uh your listeners and, and viewers would probably be interested in that okay. um kevin hull is the ceo of emergent uh, waste solutions uh based in bc kevin uh, thanks for talking to me today you're very welcome aaron i appreciate you giving me some time